0: dr Payne, show ready to roll it's a one eight five 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 dr lou that is to contact uh, dr lou outside or even now if you want to uh, give him a call he'll have a uh, service happening there info at paincarecanada.com any reminder of course this is a a call-in show so uh, we'd like to talk to you about any pain concerns you're having health concerns bring them on we'll talk to you over the next hour and uh, and get her done how you doing buddy hey good happy new year john happy new year to you pal what's uh what's going on in your corner uh, you know, the same same old
1: things. It's been a quiet uh, holiday season. I've been off for uh, a few weeks for a little bit of a vacation, so I'm back uh, to the swing of things on Monday. Uh, but nonetheless, I was taking calls um, during the week uh, for, pe- for the people reaching out about their concerns. Um, yep. One interesting call that I had uh, uh, was, again, it was a gentleman uh, who had an ultrasound of the shoulder, and there was a partial tear. Of a, of a tendon, and he was told that that was the cause of his pain. Uh, he had been getting therapy for that um, and still not getting better. And, you know, I tried to explain to him, and, and it's something that we've gone through, you know, ad nauseum, I think, but, but I'm happy to continue going through it, that what you see on imaging is not necessarily always the problem with the person. So you have to correlate uh, what's happening on imaging with what the person experienced during right. functional tests. And that's something that I find is missing a lot, and a lot of practitioners out there are just sending patients for you know tests like ultrasounds or x-rays, and there's incidental findings on these x-rays and ultrasounds. Most people will have something. It's very unlikely that anybody would have nothing because as we age, things break down, and there's things that are just normal, the normal part of, of the body's breakdown, and things like partial thickness tears and degenerative disc disease or degenerative joint disease, depending on the extent of these things, can oftentimes just be simply normal. Uh, That's not to say that they're never... Uh, significant or the cause of the person's pain, but it needs to be correlated, and it's not enough. Right. And, and it's incredible how many people I speak to that after I say, "Okay, well, you've, you had this imaging order, you had it done. Um, did the doctor do any tests on you? No, did no no physical tests. So, so you're not correlating it, and if you're not correlating it, um, you're not. You can't be certain that that's the answer. Um, and so, I think that's a big problem out there, and and that's not just for the shoulder. I only use that example because. Uh, uh, I made this call yesterday, and I was thinking of it driving in today. That there's there's this consistent problem, um, I think, in our system, in our healthcare system, where there's too much reliance on these things. Now, another thing that I find is oftentimes doctors will go through all the findings on the x-ray with the patient, which is the right thing to do, but they don't right. talk about which are the things that are significant and not significant. Um, and so a lot of times these types of things, like they're just reading a report saying, yeah, it says you've got a partial thickness there, it says you have some mild osteoarthritis, et cetera, et cetera. It's the doctor's job or the practitioner's job to relay to the patient whether this is significant to them or not. Um, and and people shouldn't walk away with these with these things written on reports and assume that that is 100 percent the mm-hmm. cause of the problem especially when it's very benign things like that um, and so correlation of these types of findings on on imaging with what presents uh in the office during a physical exam with a patient i think is extremely crucial and often lacking and so i mean if if you're one of those people listening or you know someone who's in a similar boat I think it's it's your due diligence to to get these things looked at the right way um, and correlate these things with uh, with what happens in a physical exam and during functional testing. It's it's I think very very important.
0: Well, you've mentioned before that sometimes you've seen on an MRI or an X-ray, you know, a, 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 what appears to be some pretty bad osteoarthritis or possibly a bulging disc in yeah. uh, in the spine. You go, man, how is that not causing pain? But sometimes yeah. the person's not complaining about it. You're yeah. like, wow, that you should be dying from that, but it should be killing you, but it's not.
1: Yeah, that, and that's a great point. That's the opposite end of the spectrum where you see things right. that are pretty significant, like that. You would think, wow, this should, you know, be be putting this person in a lot of pain, and it's not. Um, and, yeah. and and that exactly highlights what I'm trying to get across is that it, you can't you can't look at these things as mutually exclusive. It can't just be an imaging result or the physical exam. It has to be put together. And and a practitioner who understands both items needs to sit there and say, okay, where does this match up? Where is the source of the problem? I've I've met plenty of people. You know, we run the knee clinic, um, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we're really doing a lot of is is PRP injection for. Um, um, for knee osteoarthritis. I've met a lot of people with knee osteoarthritis. It's not the cause of their pain. In fact, I had, actually a fu- funny enough, I had another call yesterday of a person who uh, in the summer was uh, doing some work around the garden Um, twisted his knee the wrong way, heard a pop, had instant pain, right? Went to the family doctor, got an x-ray. Doctor said, no, this is just arthritis. Well, no, clearly not. Like, (laughs) there was clearly a traumatic incident. Arthritis did not just set in in that minute. Does he maybe have arthritis, uh, you know, degenerative uh, disease of the joints? Yeah, he was an older person. I think he mentioned he was 68. So, of course, there's going to be some wear and tear. But that's clearly just based on hearing, you know, three seconds of the history that is clearly not the cause of this person's pain and to this day he's still not better which is why he's calling me um, and I think that's you know it's incredible like our are, are, are practitioners even listening when people are telling them things like if someone explains a traumatic incident and the pain started immediately after that traumatic incident, and they heard a pop. And there's all these things that really add up to, to paint a picture of something. And then you turn around and say, no, it's probably just arthritis. Well, n- clearly not. Like it, I don't think it takes a doctor to, to appreciate that. I think anybody could listen to that story and think, mm, that doesn't really make sense. And that's what he said to me, too. He said, it didn't make sense to me because uh, I figured if it was arthritis, like I'd have
0: other symptoms. I said, yeah, of course, you would have had other things going on uh, before as well. It could have been years of, of, of irritation and pain leading up to that point, so obviously not just, boom, oh, arthritis is here, welcome, how are you? Yeah, exactly, it no and it's
1: very, very different the way, you know, degenerative changes or the breakdown of the body right. and pain related to that presents versus things that happen after an instant, and so... Um, you know, I think there needs to be, and, and, and this is one of the reasons why we do this show. It's not just the due diligence on the part of the practitioners, but patients need to understand this mm-hmm. stuff. And and you need to call out your your practitioners if they're telling you things that don't make sense. And you don't need to be rude about anything. You just simply need to, you know, state your your point of view and, and, and try to understand. Like, I, my question would have been, well, how do you get there? If, if I've just told you that this happened after, you know, July whatever date at this time how can you possibly say it's a result of arthritis Uh, and I'm sure that doctor would have been baffled
0: Got to call out or call in. In this case, we'll take our first break. The uh, lines are open for you for the remainder of the hour. Call in. You got questions about your pain, yourself, or for a friend? 416-870-6400-640 on cell as well. Dr. Payne Show just getting warmed up on this lovely Saturday morning right here. At Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Saturday morning, Dr. Pain Show is here until, uh, until noon. Yeah, 416-870-6400-640 on cell is a number to, to call in. You have questions about about your health pain concerns bring them on we'd love to uh, love to talk to you steve thanks for uh thanks for chiming in this morning how are you good you good pal what's going on with you
2: uh not much uh tennis elbow and uh. golfer on one side
0: oh it's brutal okay
1: and and how did that start steve
2: i'm uh i'm a plumber new construction so it's repetitive motion right? Bringing, you know constantly cutting pipes you know roughing in homes
1: yeah Yeah. And so, I mean, I see here on the, on the comments for the call in that it's both sides, you've done cortisone, acupuncture, and and nothing seems to be working. And um, you raise, so, so one of the things when it comes to things like a lot of these functional injuries, we have to understand the pathophysiology, which essentially means why do these things happen? And you've already said it in in what I just asked you, which is the repetitive nature of what you do. So, you know, if you and, and it's it's often very, very hard for people to accept this, but if you continue to do and, and this isn't me suggesting you shouldn't do your work, but let me just run through my train of thought. If you're doing the same thing that caused the injury and you're treating it, you know, a couple times a week, even if you're doing some exercises, even if you're doing things like cortisone injection, but you're still doing the thing that initially damaged it. It will never heal. It's like having a scab that you continually rip off. Uh, That scab will never heal. And in fact, it'll probably get worse, infected, and other things will happen. Uh, And so this is a very big concern that happens with a lot of these types of injuries, why a lot of these things end up becoming chronic is because people often try all the band-aid solutions um, to try to eliminate the source of the problem, not realizing that when it's something especially like a tennis elbow, which is very much repetitive strain sprain uh, or a golfer's elbow, whatever uh, is repetitive strain sprain if you don't eliminate the repetitive action, then it never really heals. Um, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Potentially it does. Sometimes if it's a work-related injury, that's where under the rules of WSIB, you can be put on modified work to allow that injury to try to heal. Um, or sometimes it's about long-term modification of what you do. Um, and so it's very, very hard when you when you are... Consistent with the repetitive actions, um, it often prevents that healing. So, have you tried any modification of what you do? Like, have you gone um, on specified duties that would limit those types of things? Well, I'm a
2: subcontractor, right? So, yeah. you know, I get paid for what I do right. by the hour. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I've, I've been to the WSIB with other issues because of my job, mm-hmm. you know? So, it, they don't technically like to pay. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. So this isn't this isn't me talking about the legality side yeah, of WSIV. Yeah. That's not my job. My job is simply that w- the point that I'm trying to make here is yeah, yeah. if the repetitive action that is causing the problem is not eliminated, then oftentimes it doesn't heal. And it, and it really is no surprise once you understand again that that simple basic biomechanics behind it why it wouldn't heal. It's never given a chance to heal. So um, no, I get it. Yeah. But, I mean, now it'd be, it
2: would require a career change. You know, at the age at my age the mortgage it's kind of tough to do it
1: you no absolutely yeah and so
2: um, my so th- question is like i went to my doctor and he's like you know what i told him about prp yeah and this one clinic that i was uh, referred to and he's like you know what yeah there's not really a lot of you know good uh, feed, uh, well, feedback on it he goes it's new he mm-hmm. goes let's try the cortisone route first because it's practically free yeah and then he's like let's go and then after that you know I mean, I uh, Sorry, I mean, PRP
1: would probably be my last uh, resort, I guess, right? Well, n- not necessarily. There is, your, your doctor's right in that it, there's not a lot of good research for PRP in the elbow for these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very hard to say, you know, on a case-by-case basis, some people might have good outcomes and other people might not. But, you know, we always try to standardize our... Um, answers on these types of topics to the best available evidence, um, and right now there is a lack of available evidence um, for how good something like that is. Um, cortisone, often, I mean, same thing. It, it it often, in my experience, does not work. Uh, sometimes it does, but your family doctor or whoever it was 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 very right. It's it's relatively free, essentially. I think it's sometimes. 20 or $30 for the yeah, actual exactly. medication, and then the injection component is covered by OHIP. Um, so it's worth a shot, but again, no matter how strong the intervention, so even if you could do like, you go to cortisone, and even if PRP is a stronger, potentially for you a stronger um, source again with that repetitive action without now and and again this is where i often have to see people so this isn't me saying you have to change your career it's often about just simply understanding what a person does day to day and how they can modify a lot of those things or how they can build in breaks or some of the tools that they can use during the day and so that's a lot of the times the things that are missing this isn't me suggesting you need to find a new career at this point or you need to work less but you know, there is a fine line where you have to understand sometimes these injuries can get so bad. And I've had a lot of people that deal with work-related injuries and they say the same thing, like, well, I need to keep working. But sometimes what people fail to understand is these things, if, if you leave them long enough and they get bad enough, it will prevent you from working just on its own, whether you want it or you don't want it. Um, and so sometimes it's worth the calculated risk of time off now for long-term ability to work. Um, and, And that's a big thing. And that's not just related to work. That's often related to athletes with their sports where they don't want to take time short term time off of their sport because they're trying to achieve something not understanding. Well, that short term time that you're taking off may save the longevity of your career. Um, and so you're, you're just an urban athlete. You're 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 doing the things that most of us do um, day to day. And so you you need to understand that, too, that sometimes, you know, a calculated amount of time off uh, is potentially very, very important because it could save you some very long term uh problems and, and i 've seen this i 've seen it on the other end, and a lot of people, as you 're going through it you 're not seeing this stuff day to day so but these things can get bad enough where then you know nerves can start to get affected, and people can start to lose strength in their hands and they can 't do what they need to do because of how bad the repetitive uh, nature of of the injury is and so so that 's an important thing to consider and you, and you want to do the best that you can to to try to uh, fix that now, even if that equals some Time off or some some modification, um, and you know, uh, I guess there would be a financial burden in that in some sense. But sometimes those things need to be done.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's the trade business, right? No yeah. matter what you do in the trade, whether I keep roughing in houses or whether I go and start snake drains drain or a plumber, by the way. Yeah, right. It's um, you know, it's, it's basically taking time off. I took a I took a month off in summer. Yep. You know, for vacation, and you know,
1: nothing. But did you do, were you doing therapy and things like that during? Well, no, I was on no. vacation, right? Yeah, so but just, see, know, see and I'm that that's the point, is on. when you're taking, so even, I think we have to go to break, but if you hang on, we'll talk about this more after the break.
0: Hang on, Steve, we'll get to you and your calls as well. Lines are open for the remainder of the show, of course, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dr. Payne Show continues, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Dr. Pain Show rolls on till around 12 o'clock uh, this morning. And as a call-in show, your questions, your comments, 416 870 star 640 on your cell. More of your calls on the way. Steve, thanks for hanging in, fella. Continue. Yeah, yeah Steve. So what, what I was saying
1: before the break, and this, and this is another thing I was just saying to Jody here, um, is that a lot of times people do exactly what you do. So during the repetitive strain sprain, that's when they're trying the interventions. Um, but, again, that's the double-edged sword. You're doing an intervention, but you're going back to the same thing. It's in the time that you're off that you should be doing those things like the cortisone injection, the acupuncture, the exercises, because then you actually give it a chance to heal. Um, so, you know, that that's my best advice. If you're interested, you can come see me for an assessment. Uh, we could take a closer look and see, wh- you know, a game plan on how, how to try to get you better.
2: Yeah, definitely. I've been off now for two weeks for critical days. Okay. And I've been doing the acupuncture and the massage okay, good and, and all that. So awesome. it's it's getting a little better, but you know Monday, back to the beast. I'm back to work. Right.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you there might be things missing. It's not. It's it's often not just as simple as massage and and thing and uh, and acupuncture. It needs to be a multimodal
0: approach of a lot of different things. So uh, give me a call and, and we'll see what we can do. Appreciate the call, Steve. One eight five 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 D R L O U. Doctor Lou is the number to reach out and contact. Uh, of course. Bev. Good morning. How are you?
3: Good morning, fine, thank you.
0: Good, what's going on with you?
3: Well, during the holiday, um, I developed a, like a, it felt like a sprain in my wrist, severe pain, and then swelling up to my fingers, but it only lasted 24 hours, and it was not due to an injury.
1: Okay, how old are you, Bev?
3: Um, In early 80.
1: And it's only on one side of your body?
3: It was just my wrist and hand.
1: On one side?
3: On one side, on the right side that swelled up.
1: And have you had any previous injuries on that right upper extremity anywhere? No. No. Okay. I mean, did what did you do after that 24 hours? Did you get it uh, investigated at all?
3: Uh, no. I soaked it in Epsom salts yeah, and hot water and then put a tensor bandage, bandage on it. Yep. And within 24 hours, it was gone.
1: And, and it has not come back? No. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good that it hasn't come back. I mean... So I think in the event that it does come back, I would say even if it doesn't come back, I still think some investigation is warranted. I would say at at the very least an X-ray of the wrist um, is warranted, and maybe even some simple blood work to to check out inflammation levels uh, in your body just to make sure that there's nothing causing the inflammation um, is is where I would start. I
3: was was wondering if it could have been systemic related like perhaps a yeah, pseudo goat or anything. Yeah, like
1: and that's that. and that's why I'm saying some some blood work checking for inflammation um is is a good idea just to to check it out. I mean if there's it overall sounds very benign. It's gone very quickly. You've been able to control it. It hasn't come back. So those are all good things, but you know, I I would I would still err on the side of of wanting to know or just to essentially make sure that, you know, an x-ray is important just to make sure there's no lesions in the bone that would have caused something like that. And then uh, some blood work, checking for different types of things that can cause inflammation. Now, gout doesn't typically tend to affect the hand, but it's not impossible either. Um, mm-hmm. So checking for those types of things is good. But even just some some uh, standard um, inflammatory markers like ESR and C-reactive protein would be, I think, really important. Okay. Okay. Thank you. No problem.
0: Thank you, Beth. Appreciate that. You can reach out as well. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell anytime. Uh, Alice, thank you for hanging on. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I have a question. Um, I have uh, CMC arthritis Mm -hmm. in my left hand. Actually, I have it in both hands. Uh, My left hand is much worse. Uh, I used to work in the automotive industry um, for eight years. Um, Back in, uh, I stopped working in 2008 I got laid off. Um, I'm a hairstylist by trade, so Mm -hmm. I um, noticed that my arthritis was getting really bad just using my tools and doing my job, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But what has happened is um, I also have um, a sublaction in the um, metacarpal. Yep. In my thumb. Yep. Um I've been going to a physiatrist. Yep. Um for that I had a nerve conduction study and uh you know, we, we did uh, physiotherapy, splinting, everything like that. Right. Um, I did leave the hairdressing industry because I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh my doctor would not do the cortisone shots for pain He wanted me to go see a surgeon, so I do have an appointment this week to go see a surgeon. Okay, good. Um, to uh, address the uh, subluxation because that's really is causing a lot of pain. The subluxation,
1: yeah. Is the subluxation as a result of the arthritis because of how bad it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
4: Um. So, like everyday use, like my my hand won't open up. My thumb won't.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even need to. If 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 joints are starting to sub uh, subluxate. Yeah. Um As a result of the arthritis, the arthritis is bad. That's yeah. that's severe. So yeah. Um, okay. And so so what's your question for well, me, my Alice? My
4: question is, what can they do for me? I I, I want to know kind of what questions to ask the surgeon. I'm really scared about. H-
1: How old are you, Alice?
4: I'm 49. 49. Yeah. Um. And uh, I do like my hands are pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Of course. Um, so and... yeah, I think some of the things to to ask for is. So I I think number one, you need to understand that, you know, when you're dealing with things like simpler joints where there's only essentially one joint, like say the knee joint, they can replace joints, uh, those joints that have very bad osteoarthritis. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in the hand and the feet, um, the replacement is is very, very hard. So oftentimes it'll be a fusion um, of of the joints to essentially eliminate the joints. So you just fuse it. That way it can't bother you anymore. And that's pretty good short term the problem with fusion is that wherever mobility is lost it has to be made up in other places and so then now surrounding joints because there's so many carpals and metacarpals right we're not talking about just one joint here in the hand whatever is decided to be fused the the adjacent ones that are still unfused will often have more motion because they have to make up for it and that increased motion leads to further breakdown of those joints so um And and that's a problem. I find with fusion of the foot, it's very tough because then it changes the way people walk and do things um, with the hand because obviously you're not walking with your hands. But it will change a lot of your day-to-day activity that you would need to do with your hand because there will be an extent of mobility that's lost so those would be my questions. so what is the game plan right in terms of how do we treat this um and then what happens after we've treated this like how how does that what's what's the the likely outcome in five years ten years because you're still very young so um yeah let's we we have to take a break alice uh hang tight and we'll talk a little bit more after the break thank
0: you Alice, appreciate that. Hang on. We'll get to you and your calls as well. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cells. The Dr. Payne Show right here. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Dr. Pain Show, you'll want to reach out when the show's not on, one five five five. Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at com. You've still got plenty of time to call into this show. It is a call-in show, of course, till 12 o'clock this morning, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Alice, thanks for hanging on. Thank you. Yeah, so Alice, as a, so those are some things to
1: very much consider. Um, the other thing that I think is important is that you probably try least invasive to most invasive in, in that kind of order, right? So yeah. co- it's a good idea that you've been referred to a surgeon, to a hand surgeon for for the cortisone, okay. uh, because it very much matters where the injection happens. And so obviously someone who's an orthopedic surgeon dealing with the hands is going to be much better than a family doctor at that. So I think that's a good call on, on the doctor's part, because that, that increases the, the prognosis of getting an injection. Um, I mean, cortisone is going to break down the inflammation. As I said, the outcomes are usually not tremendous. Some people do find it works. And I mean, even if it does work a little and you have to keep doing it a little bit, I think. Before you jump to more uh, invasive interventions like the surgery, yeah. m- I think those are probably good options. But unfortunately, you know, I, there's there's nothing that anyone's going to be o- able to offer you and say here's here's you know a cure for for that, right? So yeah. it'll be how do you manage it and what are the best ways now, uh, you, to manage it? Can you
4: it? manually through physiotherapy fix a sublaction? Or is it just no
1: like it's it's a result of because of the so what happens as arthritis so as so when you look at a joint space and as the bones get closer and closer as right. they impact um, and if they continue that impaction then they'll subluxate because there's nowhere else for them to go because the whole the whole process of arthritis isn't is continual degradation of the of the bone where it gets closer yeah. and closer and once it's already touching then once it keeps pu- putting pressure and pressure and more bone is laid because through, through uh, uh, something called Wolf's Law, which is essentially that uh, bone will lay down more bone when contacted on. Uh, yes. that, that impaction will just cause joints to subluxate. So they might very well be able to depending, and I'd have to see it, they might be able to remove some of the the arthritis, like, go in and create like almost like an artificial joint, but again, it will continue to happen, and and the and that really very much depends on who you're seeing for for the surgery and what their recommendation is, and and that's they're obviously going to be better at, at making that recommendation than me, but um, I think now, considering that option is important.
4: One other question: yep. What's the problem with my thumb? Is is it possible that because now I'm having? Um, I have uh I pronounce it incorrectly, so pardon me. osteophytes okay. in my
1: osteophytes, yeah.
4: Yes. In my my knuckle at my index finger. Right the, now, is that a result of the uh, progression of yes. the CMC yeah cause yeah
1: so that's osteophytes are what I was talking about which is wolf's yeah. law so that bone gets laid down when there's when there's an approximation of a joint so more bone is created that yeah. th- that is usually in the form of osteophytes yeah um,
4: cuz my big my knuckle at the at my um index finger I got a I got a big one there and it is causing me pain yeah. within the last 6 months yeah, and so- I've often thought is that because of my my the initial CMC arthritis that's just Causing all the stress because I do have a lot of muscle and tendon loss, like yeah. or muscle loss from it. Right, um, it looks different than my my left hand.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, is it a result specifically? It's. I think you have arthritis in your hands. CMC C yeah. is the carpal metacarpal joint, so they're just saying that that's the initial place. But you can have the phalange metacarpal joint, so you can you can get uh, arthritis in those areas. And for whatever reason, your hands. You don't have any type of systemic arthritis, like an autoimmune, like a rheumatoid arthritis, or anything like that, do you?
4: Years ago, I had, and I'm talking about like maybe eight years ago, I had the RA test done. Yeah. And it came back negative. Good. Is there any way that that at that time it would have been negative, and now it could be positive? Yes, potentially. Because I'm having problems with my hip, my shoulder. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, have you ever seen a rheumatologist?
4: Not since years ago and i think i really should yeah i think you should too i think you know like my neck my faucet joints in my neck i had a uh, x-ray done yeah i'm falling apart
1: (laughs) yeah no i think i I think definitely it's worth it's worth seeing a rheumatologist if you've got this type of severe degeneration at 49 see this is this is the opposite of how i started the show saying that oftentimes the wear and tear is incidental it's a part of aging but you're 49 and have severe osteoarthritis that's causing subluxation of joints, right. That that's not the normal aging process, right? There's something there that is causing that. Now, a lot of times it could be related to um, the work that the person did. So you mentioned you, you used your hands a lot, so there yeah. that sort of makes sense. Maybe you did other things and it could just be mechanical and those areas are breaking down faster. Right. Or it could be something more systemic and autoimmune-based. Then you know, having that test done, a long time ago means that you didn't necessarily have the markers at that point, but right. there's other tough like just beside rheumatoid arthritis. There's a lot of different types of, of of arthritides like that that can cause this type of presentation. So I think okay. I think you do need to see a rheumatologist.
4: I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm so glad I called. Okay. I real I'm driving home and I just flicked on the rate. I love six forty. I listen to you all the time. And I thought, I got a call. Okay, And I'm great. so glad I did. Thank you so no much problem. for the advice. Good luck. No I'm problem. I'm going to a rheumatologist.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, Alice. Appreciate that. That is exactly how it works. Uh, lines are open for you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. This is a call-in show. That's how we uh, get the ball rolling with uh, with people to call in. Dr. Liu, uh, subluxation, I mean, this is a common thing. I've had it in my lower back for, oh, I don't know, forever. So d- describe once again, what does that actually mean? What are the joints doing once they build Well,
1: up? When, a, when a joint truly sublux so if a, if a joint dislocates it comes fully out of place a subluxation is a partial dislocation okay. so i think when you're talking about uh, a subluxation in your spine you're probably referring to the, the, a, a chiropractic principle of subluxation, mm-hmm. that's very different than, than okay. what a medical subluxation is. Um, and so when I'm talking about subluxation, I'm using the medical term, uh, which is a partial dislocation of a joint such that Alice was explaining and not, not necessarily related to like, you know, quote unquote alignment of
0: the spine or whatever. Can they get in there with with osteophytes, or, or as you say, Wolff law, and bone keeps building on bone? Can they, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, can they scrape it away? Can, yeah. they, can they? They yeah. can wear it down to give you. Will yeah. that give you some relief? Possibly.
1: Potentially, yeah, they can wear it down. But again, when you're wearing it down, it's it oftentimes comes back just the same. But that that might be part of her plan of management is just really like in in right. the beginning having that done several times, uh, and then after that maybe you fuse it. So it, this is where. See in in medicine especially things like this this is where the art because there's an art in the science to to even something like the profession of healthcare um and this is where the art side of of of, of a surgeon would come into play and, and his experience or her experience in terms of what they have found works best. Um, Cause there's different things that could be done, but you know, you want to do the thing that will provide the most help and be the least invasive because having surgery multiple times and multiple times, that's also you, every time you're, you're in, there's a risk of infection, nerve damage, all these things that, you know, yeah. could potentially be uh, worse than the problem that you have essentially.
0: Uh, again, one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou drlou info at Pain Care Canada to reach out when uh, we're not doing the show. But for now, you've still got uh, half the show left to call in, give or take. Uh, you want to give us a call, at least 20 minutes anyway. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dr. Pain Show rolls on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And the short form is star 640. You want to try that as well as we get down into the uh, last half hour of the show here. Scott, thanks for hanging on. How are you?
5: Hey, doing good today, thanks.
0: Good, good brother. What's, uh, what's your concern?
5: Well, uh, because of severe osteoarthritis, I ended up having my shoulder replaced six years ago. Okay. And uh, as soon as I started to do uh, the physical therapy, the active range of motion, uh, I wasn't able to lift my shoulder. Okay. So it, it's graduated from there where the pain increased to the point where, like I was uh, physically sick. Every morning I woke up, and up to five or six times a day. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they had to start putting me on the opioids that I hate taking. Yeah. But the pain has increased dramatically over the years to the point now where I'm on like 20, uh, 270 milligrams of gabapentin a day plus uh, 9 milligrams of uh, hydromorphine cotton, and I still have to take Dilaudid. Right. Whenever I spasm bad, uh, I've been to... Three neuro, neurologists, and they all look at me like, I've never seen this before. I've been to three uh, surgeons, same thing, they give me that goofy look. Uh, I've had every test in the book, except, according to like your show is saying, nothing when I'm moving. I have a great pain doctor at PCC, and he's totally frustrated because... He can't, you know, give me some of these tests. I have to get it through a neurologist or something.
1: What and test is that? I'm I'm confused.
5: Had, well, anything like I haven't had. Uh, I've had ultrasounds. Yep. But I can't move my arm.
1: Right. Yeah. But and, the, yeah, if you can't move the arm, that that's the yeah, functional and they won't test. Move it for me. No. No. Of course. And yeah, and yeah. And nor should they. So, so a functional um, test I, means okay. whatever is functional for the person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
5: Uh, I've had. Uh, of course, I've had that would probably show up, MRIs and CAT scans, but because of my implant, nothing shows up. It's all cloudy.
1: Okay, so what's your question uh, for me?
5: Well, well, I, I don't know where I'm going. Like, I'm ready to hop to the stage or something because everybody's looking at me.
1: Well, and I mean, we th- this, th- this is an end stage type of thing. Like, if you had a replacement, things went obviously severely wrong. Uh, mm. it, it's been a long time. This is, this is now a chronic pain issue. and, and it's getting worse. Yeah, yeah, of course, and and it probably will. And so, you know, there's no there's no easy answer, and I I don't think that going to the States would would provide you any better answers. Um, I don't think anywhere in the world would... Yeah,
5: like I'm looking at, uh, like, nobody will go in and do a scope. They said it could be worse. Well, it can't get much worse.
1: It uh, Like when it I could.
5: spasm, it looks like I'm quasi-modal. Yeah. The whole thing just tightens right up, back bends over,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and I get severe... Uh, if it looks like I'm having a stroke. Right. Yeah. Because the uh, uh, shoulder creeps up so far that right. it actually bends, it goes into my neck. Right. Screws my nerves up and then blah blah blah. Yeah. I know.
1: mean, this is a, a very severe situation. It's very very hard to say over the phone uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, what could be
5: exactly, done. Yeah. Uh, Your show was going about you know moving. Sure. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, when I say movement, I mean so testing people's function. So obviously, if someone, if a doctor says to you, "Hey, uh, Scott, can you raise your arm?" and the answer is no, well then that's the function. So, uh, mm. but if they can raise the arm, then you can challenge it further and do different tests. So, so that I, I don't think anything was wrong. But what from, about
5: with contrast? Would I'm, contrast, show anything in an MRI or, uh, or an ultrasound?
1: What's the, What's the question? Would Would an MRI show anything yeah, with more? Contrast contrast of what
5: they could Put dye in it
1: well that that's what would that would die mean, wouldn't
5: show up with it
1: no so when they up? put dye they put dye in things like veins right so you're looking at circulation this isn't a circulation mm-hmm. um well, issue we
5: are thinking it's more of like a thoracic outlet of, the, of yeah. all the things i have
1: but. yeah but probably pressure on the nerves but there's no the emg is the best test for that and you mentioned that you had that done already
5: Yes, I had, yep. and I have a nerve conduction. Yeah, and the nerve but conduction. Nothing. You know what I mean? Till, uh, till there's compression on the nerve when the symptoms happen, then it, like nothing shows. But they never get it to that point. They've never done one where I'm actually having a spasm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if there's anything else or you no.
1: Know. No, and it's it's hard for me to say over the phone. Yeah, I, well, I realize. Yeah, that, give yeah. give me a call after the show and. uh and i'll call you this coming week and we can discuss a little further
0: and see if there's some options thank you scott one eight five 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 dr lou d-r-l-o-u is that number moving on to uh to george hey george good morning
6: yes good morning dr lou i have a problem sure in that i need a hip transplant okay and they can't give me one because i have a stent in my heart okay and um i did get uh some steroids in the right uh uh, uh, thigh and I am due for another set on the left thigh uh, uh, later on this month. Okay. Now, the thing is it does offer some relief, but not a hell of a lot. Yeah. And, um, I don't understand why they don't ask the patient where it hurts and give the injections there. Um, you know, so to alleviate the pain
3: mm-hmm. and,
6: uh, to complicate matters, I also have a balance problem, so I am walking with a walker. It would be easier if I didn't have so much pain.
1: Right, so, so what's your question for me?
6: My question is, is there anything I can do to uh, get the doctors, uh, make a prescription to, to give me some steroids where the pain is, actually is?
1: Well, so I I can't comment on when someone is doing injections, why they're doing it in a certain area. I think that that's something you have to discuss with the doctor that you are getting those injections with. And there's often a reason why they do it in certain areas. Now, if it's something like they're trying to block the nerve, then they would inject that area. And that may not necessarily be where you feel the pain, but where the source of the nerve is. Uh, You know, it's, it's very hard for me to say. But I think if you have those concerns, I would just voice them to the doctor that is... Um, is doing the injections for you and understand why it's being done and simply ask, is there a way to do it in the source of pain? But also remembering that a lot of times where you feel pain does not necessarily correspond to where the source of the pain is, and that that's very, very often the case. So that may be the reason why, but I can't comment on that because I'm not
0: the person doing those things to you.
6: Uh, thank you very much. No problem.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, George. Appreciate that. You want to reach out further? One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou info at paincarecanada dot com. Let's get uh, Joe in here quickly before we break. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. Good, pal. What's uh, What's going on?
7: Good. My my wife's suffering with uh, Baker's cyst or Baker's knee.
0: Yeah,
1: Baker's
7: cyst. Uh, yep. She's been doing physio. Uh, the problem is she has to go to work. She works tries icing it uh, but like is there anything we can be doing extra the, the doctor said if it gets worse to, to maybe do um, some injections of um, cortisone like is cortisone safe or is there any other so
1: it's the problem? baker cyst that is causing her the problem or the baker cyst is secondary because she has arthritis in the knee um,
7: I'm guessing the arthritis but the, the knee. The knee uh, is not as swollen as it used to be.
1: Okay, so so Baker's cyst is often behind the knee. It's not visible. Yeah,
7: yeah, it's behind the knee. uh, Yes.
1: And that's where her problem is?
7: Yeah, Yeah. that's what they told her. Yeah.
1: So sometimes with with strong enough manual therapy you can actually release the fluid. So understanding something a baker cyst forms because the the fluid within the joint seeps out and forms and forms a cyst that's often related due to either injuries in the knee itself or degeneration of the knee. Um yeah. so even if you eliminate the cyst, if it's related to, say, inflammation of the knee due to arthritis, it will just keep coming back. So, yes, you can potentially break that down through therapy if it's, if it's aggressive enough. Sometimes it can be drained uh, and has to continually get drained as it gets uh, worse. I, the, the cortisone would be more for the pain. I'm not really sure. My, I, I would think that, that if, it's, if it's an actual result of how big it is putting pressure on, on things, that draining it is the best idea.
7: Okay, so just keep getting drained, ice, and any... any. Um,
1: well, and also understanding what the root cause of it is, right? Because it's a secondary. It's often secondary to an injury of the knee or osteoarthritis.
7: Sorry, th- they said there was no, um, there's no uh, damage to the ligaments or anything Good. like that,
1: so... Does she have arthritis? Uh, so it might be related to arthritis of the knee.
7: Yeah, and like the job she has is she's on her feet a lot and stuff, so... Hmm. Is
1: she is she heavier? Or I know that's a yeah, bad thing well, to ask a husband. Yeah, yeah no,
7: uh, it, it's true. But that, so it, and also, is there any supplementation that can help in general with stuff like that? Like uh, at
1: that point, like you mean like natural supplements like glucosamine like, things not, like that? Not
7: to reverse it, but at least to maybe give any kind of help at all.
1: It's hard to say those things, and, and I I need to see a person in order to make specific recommendations, but oftentimes supplements, when things are that bad, often don't provide tremendous relief. They're, must,
0: they're much better
1: for prevention.
0: Justine, Brad, I see both of you there. Hang on. We will get to you as we take a short break here. Dr. Payne Show continues. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Back into a Dr. Payne Show in the last few minutes here. We'll uh, continue on with our calls. Justine, thank you for hanging on. Hello. Good morning.
8: Ah, good morning, gentlemen. Love the show. Thank, Thank you. you. I, yes. <laughs> and uh, especially Dr. Lou. Um, you like me
1: husband? more than John, I, th- I Who think doesn't? So too. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I
8: love, I love John, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen to him uh, on the Leor Sam show, too.
0: Oh, uh, so. there you go. But you probably
1: right? like Leor better than him,
0: anyways. Well, as well. <laughs> you know, the it's, it's pattern is starting to form here. Go ahead, just do What's going on?
8: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a truck driver, and I pull uh, two trailers, and there's a lot of manual work it's very uh, all body parts are in in motion i fell at work in september at a facility uh on my right side my hand caught my fall thank god it was on concrete thank goodness my head didn't get cracked mm-hmm. yeah. open and um so i've been doing that as per wsib I've been doing physiotherapy mm-hmm. um, for several weeks. And uh, you were talking with uh, another caller about subluxation. Well, in my hand, I have a, a bone growth, <laughs> and it's touching a nerve. Okay. But the hand is getting better right. um, as long as I don't use it. Um, so, But now I have cracking sounds and pain at my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And just recently, now the pain, there's pain if I stand or walk for an extended time, like not even extended time, maybe, I don't know, five minutes, um, and I walk fast, I started feeling pain on my left side of the torso, like there's like, nerve uh, pain in the back. and right. So I'm wondering, my, <clears throat> I told my physiotherapist that yesterday, um, and she said, uh, I, I said, well, maybe, you know, it's chiropractic. And she said, oh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. And I said to her, oh, pun intended, right? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, I just thought, well, it is possible, isn't it? I mean, I did fall on my right side, on my shoulder, my hand.
1: So so uh, what are you saying, like that it's potentially related to your spine?
8: Uh, yeah, on the left side. Yeah, um, potentially.
1: But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not not definitely not out of the realm of possibilities, especially if you're having all those symptoms. Yeah. Um, You know, what I always say when it comes to when people ask me, like, should I be seeing a physio or a chiro or massage therapist for this? My answer often is I'm not going to tell you the profession. I'll tell you the person because I know some incredible chiros. I know some incredible physiotherapists. I know some incredible massage therapists, but I've also met bad in each profession. So it really is about finding the right practitioner who um, whose ideas make sense. Uh, to you and and sound like they, you know, you're being explained, it it all is adding up, there's nothing there, no red flags are being raised in your mind. Um, And I don't think it's it's wrong to want to see a chiropractor for this and see if that can provide any more uh, solution potentially. I I mean, a lot of times practitioners are threatened when you say you want to see another practitioner um, for multiple reasons, some because of just simply you know, th- their own mind sometimes because it might affect them financially. If you're going to see somebody else as well, so there's a lot of things behind that. But I, my opinion yeah. on that is, I'm always happy when one patients of mine have ever gone to second opinion because they they wanted one if they if they felt they needed one.
8: Well, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I do. I as per WSIB request, I am seeing an orthopedic surgeon and a clinician. On th- this coming Friday, and okay, um, for an assessment, which worries me because in the letter for this clinic, they said possible uh, surgery, mm-hmm. and I don't like surgery, I don't like uh, invasive um, surgery. Yeah. So, um, do you know if uh, I mean, it's forced? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. You'll ne- you, you, you can never be forced to do something. Again, okay. the, their job will be to make a recommendation that they think is most ideal. Um, okay. You will never be forced to do an intervention. So, uh, okay. But it is always important. You have to understand, when nobody recommends surgery because they just want to recommend surgery. If they're recommending it, it's often because it's, it's probably required. But that's a conversation that you have with the surgeon right where okay. is could could you delay it is there are there other options first and i mean oh. most of the surgeons i work with will always try to do other things before they get to that oh
8: thank okay. goodness oh thank you so much okay. that gives me relief no, no problem i thought we were living in a cell
0: and no no no, no 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 <laughs> no no we're, we're, we're out of that that era thanks justine uh one Doctor 55 drlou drlou to follow up uh brad got about a minute or two here if you want to uh rip it off really quickly we'll get you an answer go ahead
2: Okay. Hello, Dr. Lou. How hey. are you today? Good. You? Good. Good. I just had a quick question. I, uh, about three weeks ago, I was uh, get, getting up from my desk at work and uh, real pain in my lower back. Uh, I went to a chiropractor. Yep. Di- diagnosed with inflammation of the SI joint.
1: How was that diagnosed?
2: Uh, he was basically putting his hands around my, my body, a little bit of stretching.
1: Okay, so uh, the only way to truly know if there's inflammation is uh, yeah. either an MRI or a bone scan. So that's an assumption thus far.
2: Okay, so that's that's what has been done. He said, you know, two or three, you know, week to 10 days should be... Should
1: be yeah, that that he might very well be right that it might be like irritation of the SI joint. Um, but, to, you know, when I hear inflammation of the SI joint, I start to think of... Of systemic problems that can cause that, um, yeah. I, I would continue the treatment because it seems like it's very benign. Like this just happened, get the treatment as as you've been suggested. If after that you're not feeling any better, give me a call.
2: Okay, well it's been about three weeks and I and I saw a uh, massage therapist who said the SI joint is definitely not moving; it's still locked. So. Okay.
0: Well, give me okay. give me a call and let's take a look at it. Brad, appreciate the call. The last uh, moment of the show here, one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou drlu Please reach out and go to info at paincarecanada.com. That's for you as well. If you didn't get a chance to call it today, we'll pick it up next weekend. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.